Welcome to the I Give It F1 podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Lynette. And we're here to talk about the latest news in Formula One. Hey guys. So we wanted to hop on here real quick and do a not so normal podcast. We're going to do just a quickie for y'all because we really wanted to go ahead and get the Drive to Survive recaps out of the way so that we can fully focus on the race this weekend. Anyway, Lynette, how are you? I'm good. (laughs) Ready for this surprise episode so we can finish talking about everything Drive to Survive and your thoughts on that. Yes. Well, I'm celebrating because I just won my tennis match today. (laughs) And I'm here all sweaty, but I'm ready to record because I'm just excited to talk about it, to kind of finish it off. And I've got a little celebratory drink in here. (laughs) Some nice cold water, right? (laughs) Cold water, exactly. Uh, Water with bourbon. No. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's two o'clock. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? Right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, we wanted to recap the drive to survive episodes and then talk a little bit about the latest news and heading into the weekend, you know, tomorrow starts the practices, right? So it's happening. In it's less than here. It's hours. upon us. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's get started. So we have Last episode we left off, we were talking about episode five of Mm -hmm. Drive to Survive, correct? Yes. So we need to kick it off with episode six. six. So episode six was called Nice Guys Finish Last. So it is and was about our favorite character in F1. (laughs) Our favorite nice guy in Formula One. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. I definitely think McLaren may have done him a little dirty, but here we are and we're Danny Liss this season. Yeah. McLaren trying to trying to do a sw- a driver swap over here <laughs> with uh, yeah. Alpine. Yeah, I actually I found that interesting that episode interesting because it it showed more Okay, well, uh, let me backtrack. I agree with everything that you said leading into Drive to Survive, you really wanted to see less of the recaps and more, I think more of behind the scenes would have been better for us as, you know, kind of more seasoned F1 driver, F1 fans watching, you know, we have already seen all the races, so we don't need to see all the race recaps. Mm -hmm. That was a little frustrating to me going through the rest of the season, you know, for me, I like seeing all of the back end stuff that happened. And this episode gave you a lot of the insights into Danny's, you know, almost signing with a couple of different teams. It showed their interest in him, but also showed, didn't it show Pierre Gasly? Yeah, as well? it showed a lot of Pierre and the talks that he had with Alpine and just all of that going on. We had basically how having one spot open now just changed everything up so you got to see a lot of that yeah and how the the team principals dealt with it too so like I said we had um McLaren trying to do a swap with Renault I mean with Alpine and um, right yeah and I I think didn't we see a little bit more of Otmar's sort of just craziness going, you know, just really being upset with everybody. I felt like he was, he, it was showing more of that as well. Mm-hmm. Just him feeling very desperate, trying to find somebody to drive for them. Yeah. And Cause they, I mean, they lost P 
Piastri, mm-hmm. and then they didn't seem to be too interested in Daniel, even though they kind of made it seem like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll think about it. He's on our list. Right. I don't think he really was on the list. I mean, he kind of burned that bridge probably. I think maybe if they would have had absolutely nobody, no options, then maybe, but I don't think he was high up there on that list to for the drivers. Um, but yeah, it looked like there was little panic, like you said, some scrambling to try and figure out what driver they were going to take on. Yeah. Well, so obviously that was upsetting seeing Danny, you know, not getting his spot. But I do think that at the end of the day, this is what was best for him. And he's making the right decision, taking a step back. So forward thinking outside of the episode, it'll be sad to not see him on Drive to Survive but maybe he'll make a cameo here and there. I have a feeling he will. I don't think Drive to Survive is going to let him go, you know, especially like he's still part of Formula One, you know, now being with Red Bull. So I think they're going to like probably show those behind the scenes maybe of him trying to um, get that drive next year and, you know, just all the other things that a reserve driver does. So maybe this is a good opportunity for them to start focusing on, other aspects of formula one than just the race recaps or kind of the basic things that even if you watch a few races you kind of already like get the gist of so right yeah but i'm sure he'll still be on yeah so then we move into episode seven it talks about sergio perez and his seat at red bull They start at Monaco and Sergio Perez, you know, he leads after a horrible strategy from Ferrari. Once again, we're just (laughs) seeing the same stuff over and over and over. Same races, all of that. Um, It basically is just a recap of the race, which for me, that episode was so annoying to watch. Yeah, it was not very exciting. It's I think they tried to make it more than it really was, I think, like with him winning the race like it just it was different than what actually happened in like the real race I feel like well so it okay I don't want to say that it's telling it gives you like insight into the drama but we remember last season how Max had said oh Sergio knows what he did Mm -hmm. or whatever something had happened or something was said on the radio and Max was not going to help Sergio with that one race that he was trying to get second place, he was fighting for second place against Charles Leclerc. And Max specifically said, you know, uh, he knows what he did. And I think a lot of people were looking to this race to try to understand, you know, was it that Sergio had thrown the qualifying and they didn't really go into that. Mm-hmm. And the way they showed the him, episode. Um, Sergio, like they showed him really upset, you know, that, that that happened. And so it kind of like they tried to take that away. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that they were trying to show that, you know, he didn't mean to do it and we'll never know. mm -hmm. I I don't think like into the head, we'll never be inside of the head of Sergio Perez. We won't know what was going through his mind at that time. And I don't know that we'll ever really get true answers into what happened during that race, but that's kind of where all the drama started and where people were looking to, create drama, Mm -hmm. which I think Netflix loves to do. Yeah. But I did find interesting that they didn't really do a lot of driver-driver drama. It was all Mm -hmm. mostly 
they kind of took it back to the principal, the team principals, but nothing really between the drivers. So I think they they heard what the people had to say and they didn't do any right. of that because there was like this was the perfect opportunity to do that. And I don't know if you remember, but when all of that came out, like afterwards, when Max said, oh, he knows what he did, some drivers even came out and said, yeah, people have purposely like had little mini crashes to to mess with qualifying or mess with the races and stuff. And so like if the drivers are coming out and saying it, like, you know, there was some stuff going on behind the Mm -hmm. scenes with all of that. So not saying that he did do it on purpose, but when people start saying stuff like that, it makes you wonder. What did they see? What do they know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, that's the end of that episode. I think that we can let the dust lie on that for now. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just basically a race recap and Sergio Perez is still driving for Red Bull. So that was kind of his journey to trying to keep that that number two seat. Episode eight was covering Alpha Tauri. Mm-hmm. So and we had a lot about Yuki and yes. his usual behavior and, <laughs> and how, you know, he kind of doesn't have a very good temperament or maybe also doesn't even have the discipline. That has not changed. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, it was going to like after the way um, – they went last year, at least on the show, it kind of looked like they were going to try and kind of get that under control, but it seems like it hasn't. (laughs) Yeah. I think Yuki struggles with filtering his thoughts into like verbal Mm -hmm. exchanges. And we see that a lot, you know, with him and speaking to engineers on the radio or, or his team on the radio. And I think it's interesting because it, I didn't realize how close he was to Pierre Gasly, but it seems like he really kind of latched on to Pierre and Pierre was kind of his, his sounding board and his, his support system there. And so now that he is leaving for another team, Yuki, you can tell he struggles emotionally, internally with all of those, those thoughts, you know, of it, can I do this? Can I be, the number one driver and take control. And then we see Nick DeVries mm-hmm. and he comes in guns a blazing, just ready for the challenge. And I think, you know, that just further proves what we've been saying about Nick DeVries over the last couple of weeks. I think we see it in some of his, his interviews, but that the drive to survive episode really showed that he is taking no prisoners. <laughs> yeah. The confidence <laughs> was there. I mean, he was, he's ready to get in there. And I, I don't think he's, I feel like Pierre, you know how you said they're really close and Pierre kind of like, just not, I don't want to say babied him, but he really protected him. Right. And kind of just yeah. went along with his antics and his behavior. And I have the feeling that Nick's not going to be like that. No. Which, who knows how that will affect Yuki because he felt that comfort with Pierre. He could be how he wanted, you know, say the things he wanted. He was kind of like enabling him in a way. And I don't think Nick's going to be like that from from what we've seen. Yeah. I definitely am curious to see how this year plays out for Yuki. This is just furthering my point that I feel like not only is he on the chopping block, but I feel like he unfortunately doesn't have what it takes to grab that number one seat. 
and we'll have to see what happens. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of pressure on him and we've seen him in pressure situations before, like on this drive to survive episode when he was driving in the Suzuka race, you know, that's his home race. And there's a lot of pressure on him to perform and to do well. And he didn't, he didn't do great. So I feel like pressure situations aren't great for Yuki. And that's just how I feel. And I'm sticking with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I also found out that Yuki now has Daniel Ricardo's old trainer. So maybe this year that will be something good for him, you know, uh, maybe not just like physically as a trainer, but also maybe mentally, you know, um, having worked with Daniel Ricardo and at like that really high level, maybe right. he can learn some new things and just have a different somebody else to work with that will give him different perspectives on things. So I think that's yes. a, that's a positive that um, good change that he has. Um, so yes. We'll see how he handles all of that. Yeah. Well, on to episode nine, mm-hmm. Red Bull. Yep. All about Again. Red Bull and <laughs> more Red a Bull. A lot drama. of Red Bull <laughs> stuff is happening in Drive to Survive. I So I guess it covered, you know, the cost cap issues. And all I could think of the entire episode was what a hypocrite. Like what a hypocrite Christian Horner is. Like I know we like we all have, you know, our bad days. And I'm sure this was just like a bad weekend for him. But for how many times like he played the victim card for me, it was just giving victim energy. (laughs) And I cannot with that. Like you have, I understand it was only $400,000. Okay. And it was part of the catering budget, whatever. Mm -hmm. But take, take for example, Haas, who has cut back their pit wall (laughs) All for $250,000. For $250,000. I mean, what? I'm sorry. He says, oh, it's just $400,000. And he made sure to make it a point that uh, hospitality is very important to Red Bull. You know, the catering. Like, he wanted to make sure, like, this is why. You know, this is important to us. It had nothing to do with the development of the car. Um, But but to the other teams, like, I don't care. Like, (laughs) It doesn't matter. It was still a breach of, of the rules. and. I understand where the other teams are coming from and the fact that he made himself out to be such a victim during that press conference like oh I am appalled by the way that <laughs> Zach Brown has handled himself with this letter and blah 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 blah, blah. it's like yeah that was okay, a bit much calm down you used to do the same exact thing to Mercedes like anything and they all know he would be the on first them. one to send the something first. out to make a comment oh my gosh yes like it was the victim energy was just too much for me. I was like, look, you have a world champion. You're about to win a constructor's championship. Like just pipe down, pipe down. You're doing great. Just keep your head in the sand and the drama will pass. Like don't make yourself look worse in these yeah, interviews. He could have just, you know, maybe answered the questions or not answered the questions. But I think the way he like went on about Zach and that letter and yeah. like not addressing anything, just like all this shock and how could he like that doesn't make it worse like just don't say anything or answer what you need you know say what you need to say and that's it yeah and then he tried to like confront Mattia Bonotto like (laughs) (laughs) like before the race and he's like I know you were talking about me like 
why don't you say it to my face? And Matia's like, we didn't say it. Matia's like, don't come for me. I'm, I'm just, I have enough me. problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun episode to watch only because, you know, well, I will say I felt like Max held himself very well. I felt like, you know, he did the right thing. He was like, I'm here to drive. My team is going to handle this situation. Like, I don't really have much to say about it. And I mean, the drivers are, are there to drive, you know, they're, they're not part of, they're not looking behind the scenes at all of the finances and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I thought he held himself very well. I thought he was very mature about that, the way that he handled it. And I, I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. That, that, um, shot they showed of him during doing interviews, it just, it really, I think it made Christian look even worse because it kind of highlighted like the type of answer you should give versus what Christian was doing. Yes. And I think that the, what we take away from this season is that it's lonely at the top. (laughs) Get used to it. If you're performing well, people are going to come after you Yeah, and you just have to hold yourself to a high standard. I think in the media and not make yourself look worse. That's the goal. So anyway, um, that wraps up that episode. Episode 10, (sighs) so disappointed. I thought it was going to be about Seb, and it was (laughs) not about Seb. Like nothing was about Seb Mm -hmm. this season. And not, like, he's not really a part of it. So I'm like, I I have a lot to say because when I first – so I had actually found out before the season aired that there was going to be nothing on him, um, as, like especially like his final race and all of that. And I was like, what? Like, how can that be? But now like thinking about it and just watching the whole series, like he never really was a part of the show. Like he wasn't even right. in the first season. Like you kind of would see him here and there. But and then so like you have to remember that I feel like the show is just for viewers of the show. You know, like we said earlier, like right. it's not about, it's not for the people who watch the races, even like a few of them a year or have been following. Um, so really like the show viewers, they don't know anything about him. They don't know, you know, like there's not that connection that I think fans that have been watching him race from like the beginning or even like since Ferrari, like they don't have that connection there. So I think it, they might've been like, oh, okay. Like this guy retired, you know, we want to see Daniel Ricardo <laughs> or Gunther. Like yeah. that's what that's about. So like, I understand why, why they didn't do it. I mean, obviously that sucks yeah. like for us who are fans. Um, but yeah. Well, so, so end of the road, end of the road was, was mainly covering the end of the road for several people in formula one. And didn't really cover much on Seb, but they had this whole montage at the end of Danny. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, he had like, like as if he was the one, you know, retiring. Retiring. And, like never, and yeah. <laughs> it was all like dramatic and everything. But yeah, yeah, that that was. I mean, it's definitely sad, but it was geared more towards Drive to Survive fans mm-hmm. than it was F1 fans, and. I'm learning now that my obsession with Formula One is not is not held accountable to like Drive to Survive. I feel like I've kind of progressed from a Drive to Survive fan to an F1 fan, and 
now I'm starting to see like what F1 fans are so disappointed mm. in with Drive to Survive. It's like, you know, we watched all of those races. We want to see more. We want to see things that as a F1 fan, you are interested in, you know, like Seb or like the, the, they did, they did a great, they did a good job of covering, you know, the reserve drivers and how they kind of came into their seat. But there's just so much more to it than what they showed. And while I enjoyed it, I'm starting to see the cracks that, that yeah. you had originally said. Yeah. Like, and so they, like, they need to either need to change things. The yeah. They need to else. change things up because a lot of the, the, sh- viewers of the show are watching the races now. And so, I mean, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to end up losing some of those viewers because they're just going to be like, well, this is boring. Like I've already seen all this. It's not going to be that excitement. Like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's back and we have to watch and we have to binge watch it. Like I could have probably gone longer without like watching it instead of just in a weekend. Because like I said, I was, it wasn't like, I want to see the next, I want to see what happens next. Yeah. Was this your first time watching it after having watched a whole season or? No. Okay. No. Um, no, I've been watching the whole seasons since 2020. Okay. So it's like my third season of Drive to Survive, like after having become like a fan. And it's last year was a, was kind of a lot of the same as well for me, but I think it just, I didn't notice it as much. One of the things I was going to say is I feel like waiting a whole off season to then recap mm-hmm. is boring. Like it's it's already been said and done. Those things have already happened and I'm not interested in them anymore. So like they need to like maybe release it December, January, yes. right before testing. Maybe. Yes. Well, and no, because it's testing right now. <laughs> so little like pop culture for y'all if I know y'all a lot of y'all are probably just like Formula One fans just here for the Formula One talk I get it but there's a show called Love Island and it's on ABC like they air it's it's good they have a Love Island in every single country now like it's become extremely popular and they literally film and then air the show the next day like they they have these people living in a villa whatever they're like being chaotic and toxic and dating each other whatever but every day after they have an episode and it's their editing team is amazing they've got great little like you know at, they've got they've got good, great interviews like whatever they could easily do something like that for formula 1 like i i get that it probably has to go through a bunch of loopholes and whatever legal stuff but I just feel like having it more in real time would be so much cooler for Formula One fans. <laughs> like we get to see it the week after it happens. We're st- our minds are still on it. We we're still remembering like, oh, that that's you know that happened, and I want to know about it. Like now, it's been three months. I'm like, but the racing started last March, so you're seeing stuff like a whole year later. Mm-hmm. And, and you already know what's, what's going to happen. You already know how things turn out. And yeah. I like one of the things about watching shows that what makes you want to watch more is because you don't know what's going to happen. You want to like go to the next one to see how it all ends. Yeah. And also, I feel like the, the, the stories are just kind of all over the place. 
you know how we're jumping back and forth between races. Like how many how many episodes were about? Red yeah, Bull or they they, they either need to focus on just a certain amount of teams and that's it, and then just go all in and like give us a story on that, or maybe just certain drivers, but right. not trying to fit in every little story, jumping around back and forth. Like sometimes I feel right. like there was uh, like stories that weren't finished or kind of yeah. done half halfway just to like we mentioned it and that's it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think they need a whole new system of how, strategy. yeah, of how it's all going to be they, shown. They need a, they, they need, a, they need a strategy uh, yeah. remake like Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all we have for Drive to Survive, right? Is that that's yeah, it? Yeah, I think that's it. So anyway, we wanted to get into some of the news heading into the weekend just to give you all some updates. And Lynette, you want to take it away? Yeah. So the latest, the latest update is that Lance Stroll will be racing for Aston Martin this weekend. So not Felipe. Yes. Like we thought he might. Um, so apparently he just had like a minor surgery on his wrist and he's ready to go. Like he they had him with like a little, I know his wrist. <laughs> like, <laughs> all that for, for that little bandaid, all this commotion that was made. Yeah. Um, and they, they had him in the simulator and says, they say that he's fine. So like they should have well, just gone out and said what actually happened. Cause I think Aston Martin just wants people to be talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> right now but yeah I was kind of hoping to see Felipe out there to see and then that way we could compare like his like performance Felipe, to Lance's yeah. performance um but yeah. now we won't Do you get really to. think Lance wanted that yeah it's I don't like, think so he's like fix me now it's like without me yeah let's <laughs> let's get out there <laughs> yeah so there's that so he'll be racing and um you know just Aston Martin we gotta see how they do this weekend because there's a lot of talk there's so they better they better show up. They better put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's see. We'll uh we'll have to report back Monday with all the all the mm-hmm. results. We're all we're all going to be watching Al, um Aston Martin. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then we have Alpine. They're bringing some upgrades already to the race. Right. Um and I heard about that. some pretty aggressive ones too. They said. So they're also Otmar said Otmar and the team have said that they're looking to fight for third already, like from the start. So <laughs> mm, what do you think about that? Um, I don't know. Do I mean, it? it's kind of like all these stories of the midfield teams. It's like testing was just kind of eh for all of them, except, except Aston Martin. Like, do we have the midfield teams sandbagging now at testing? Like, is this where we're at? Because, yeah. I mean, all of like now you're fighting for third. I mean, and you have to think like Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, right? Those are always at the top three. Top three. So you're mm-hmm. saying you're going to fight with Mercedes or Red Bull or, or, you know, that's a big jump from where everybody has been the past few years. Well, didn't they – they got fourth in Constructors mm-hmm. last year, correct? Yeah. So I don't think it's out of the blue that this idea from Otmar has come out saying that he wants to be fighting at the top. We get that. Mm-hmm. But, like, none of the results showed that Yeah. during preseason testing. Now, again, preseason testing is preseason testing. We take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, there was nothing yeah. for them there. Like, it just didn't – it didn't hit. <laughs> so – 
we're just gonna have to see mm-hmm. like like what what upgrades um they didn't ex- they didn't say exactly what it was but that there would be visible changes to the car so once they're out on track tomorrow we're going to be able to see what exactly it is that that they were doing mm-hmm. and do, and also you know when they say like oh we're going to be fighting for third and like Aston Martin even saying that they're going to fight for second um do they think that Mercedes and Ferrari or even Red Bull aren't going to be doing that good like yeah so i mean it's just i think it's bluffing a bit mm-hmm. in the media and you know they he he has a boss too so he's probably trying to <laughs> <laughs> try to be positive <laughs> trying to stay positive and yeah. wishful thinking i know and then speaking of ferrari we had um reports come out that during testing they didn't that they had they were running with a full fuel load then compared right. to the other cars. So that means once all the other cars are filled with the full amount. They'll go slower. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now we have Ferrari going faster Show, over it, here. They <laughs> sandbagging maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I heard about that. That I'm not sure if, it, if they were running high fuel loads the entire time. I believe mm-hmm. I heard something like at, at the end of one of the days they were running like a low fuel load at some point, but maybe I'm wrong. I just, I think that we haven't seen Ferrari's full potential this season yet, you know, as far as preseason testing goes. And, you know, it's, I just... I don't like the question marks. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a race to watch. That's for sure. Because. And Mercedes too. Yeah. Like what's going on there? Everyone's so secretive. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's happening? And and all these changes right off the the gate. And, you know, usually they're like, oh, by the summer break, we'll have some upgrades. It's it's like everybody's just, no, now, like (laughs) we're going to start fighting now. And. Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed, but during the press conferences, uh, they had some images of the seating arrangements coming in, like the chairs, <laughs> the new couches. What, yeah, what do they, they call put, them? They put them on couches. They now. call it looks them like, a Bravo. like talking couches. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a Bravo reunion mm-hmm. show, Real Housewives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting them real close. <laughs> They're like, we want y'all to be as awkwardly close mm-hmm. as possible. <laughs> yeah, so they can feel that tension later on in the year after. <laughs> After all the yeah. incidents that happen. So, yeah. So, I think it's going to be an interesting race. Got to yeah. keep an eye on all of those teams and see what the what the real deal is. Yeah. So, is that all we have for our news today? Um, well, there is some news about AlphaTauri. Oh. Yep. And Let's hear it. So, they've already denied it, but you know how it is when they go and deny things and, like, tell you this isn't happening and then literally – Two days later, it happens. But um, yeah, so there's been talks about Red Bull possibly selling Alpha Tauri and also maybe them moving to the UK and expanding their their factory. So Red Bull has gone out and said, no, there's like n- nothing going on. And also at Alpha Tauri, they said, there's no truth to this. But I mean, like, where did that come from? It had to come from somewhere. <laughs> and like I said, like, so I feel like in Formula One, whenever there's rumors, it ends up being true, like yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Well, that will give 
a whole nother team the opportunity to enter Formula One, right? Yeah. Oh, so another thing they said besides selling or um, like growing their factory is also that there was buyers. So they even have buyers already interested and they've already like named them. And one of them is Andretti. So yeah, I mean, the fact that they already have the the names of the companies that are interested in buying and all of these things, I feel like there has to be some truth to this. You know, yeah. like it's their job to go and deny things until it's it's official. So I right. think something's going on for sure. And maybe this is the way Andretti's going to get in. Well, we're going to play this back if you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's that's wild. Well, yeah. I mean, it would be a great way for Red Bull to save some money. Yeah. <laughs> that cost cap, I know, right? Seven million dollar, seven million dollar fine, cost you a whole team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the only other news I have is the Susie Wolf news. Oh yeah, yeah. So yesterday Go she Susie. was appointed the F1 Academy managing director. So the F1 yes. Academy is an all women's category that they have now. Mm-hmm. So. She'll be managing that. I think she is a, a wonderful face to have. She's been she's been at the forefront in a lot of, you know, Formula One action, especially mm-hmm. with Toto. So yeah, and she know. has a lot of motorsport experience. So like she oh, did yeah. karting, she did Formula Three, and then obviously she was the uh, development driver for Williams, and like has actually right. been out on the track in an F one car. Um, and then just all the other experience that she has, like she was the formula E team principal. And also, like you said, I think being (laughs) Toto's wife helps a lot with that experience. You know, she knows what he goes through and all of, uh, you know, what it's like, what he, you know, in, on his part. And so it's just extra experience that she has. And I think like, it's the perfect role for her because she's, she's had all that experience and she knows how she can help like these young women get to like the higher yeah. up racing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see the mm-hmm. work that she does and I'm excited to learn more about it. You know, it's, it's not something that, that I know a, a ton of with, you know, women in formula one, but I know it's so needed, mm-hmm. so needed to have more representation in the sport. And I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. And the F1 Academy is going to be racing in Austin. That's going to be their last race. So if you go to Austin and you're interested in women's racing, make sure you watch, stay yes. in the stands, like show support. Cause I think that's what they need um, to make, to like know that people are actually interested in this and to make it, to make it work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's it. As far as like news leading up to the race. That's it. Oh my gosh. We start tomorrow. Oh, and one thing um, on Bahrain, the DRS zone, one of the DRS zones is changing. So the last one, their longest one, that one, they've shortened it. Um, So before it was, um, so it started 170 meters after the turn, and now it's going to start 250 meters after. And so they changed it because last year it was just so easy. To, to pass, yeah, like they were just flying right. by, so they shortened it, and um, hopefully now it won't be as easy. What do you think about yes. DRS? Are you a fan or no? I I don't know enough about it to really have an opinion, but I will say I, I feel like having the back and forth, 
you know, especially last year, when the cars are more leveled as far as the design and the speed and pace and all of that, I feel like it's it makes for a much more interesting race because then they can pass each other and overtake several times in a race, mm-hmm. which is is interesting. Back and like, forth cool instead of just one flying by and that's it. Yeah. And I think that makes for a more interesting race, just in my opinion. But I don't I don't really know much about it, about you know, what racing would be like without it, because I've only ever been watching it with DRS. Mm-hmm. So there's what been some think? races where like when it has been raining and then they turn it off and then sometimes like it takes a while for them to turn it back on again. And I kind of feel like it maybe because last year and like a couple of years, it it was just too easy to pass with right. the DRS. So um, we kind of made it exciting when the DRS wasn't when they weren't able to use it because like you you see them kind of fight a little bit more. You know, they have to work harder right. to pass. But um, there was talks of them like shortening other DRSs, like in other tracks, now that it is so much easier, like just the car in general without DRS can, it's easier to pass and easier to follow. Um, So I think maybe if they make some changes to that, that would be good because it just, last year it just looked way too easy. Like, yeah, it was a big, big difference. Um, But like you said, I do like when, like now that the cars appear to be all closer together, <laughs> um, maybe there's going to be that back and forth, back and forth. And that could make it fun. Yeah, and see who who wins out in the end. It's not over till it's over. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah. Well, we we are so excited for the official start to the season tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then uh, if if you're done reporting on the news, Lynette, are you done? I think that's it. Okay. Then we will catch back up with you guys on Monday. We'll do our race recap. And we just appreciate y'all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on all of the platforms. And we are hoping to, like we said, get our studio up and running for our YouTube channel. We are on YouTube currently, but it is just our pretty faces and we are not together in person. So stay tuned. We will get to that point for y'all. We really want to have a fun show for you to look into and see just a fun space, a fun space for us to come together and talk about it. So anyway, I guess we will talk to you guys on Monday. Yep, it's going to be exciting. So make sure you come back and listen. Yes. Okay, we'll talk to you on Monday. All right, bye bye. bye. bye.